Turning the closed sign over on the door, she locked up and went into the kitchen. Making extra throughout the day so they would have enough for those held up at the GPO. It was Easter week and the rising was strong. Her and her daughter packed up and exited through the back. Walking at pace through the alleys and narrow streets, the women kept their composure. Although they didn't take up arms, they were very much involved in the rising. A founder member of Cumann the Man and a member of Cumann the Choctaw, a woman's group within Sinn Féin. She was all too aware what was at stake. Reaching the GPO, the women dropped off the supplies and headed home. When she got home, she found her home was engulfed in flames, set alight during the conflict. This loss wouldn't slow her down. It would inspire her to do more, give more, be a part of more. This was Jenny Wise Power, and this is the good, the bad, and the pure evil. Born Jane O'Toole in Battenglass, County Wicklow, 1858, daughter of Edward O'Toole and Mary Norton. The family had a business, but in 1860 they sold it and moved to Dublin. She grew up in a strong nationalist family who gave a safe haven to many Fenians. By the time she reached 20, both her parents sadly died from an illness. 1881, she began an interest in politics and joined the Ladies' Land League in the same year. The Ladies' Land League was a side group of the Irish National Land League and it would take over when its leadership was imprisoned. Jenny would become friendly with Anna Parnell, sister of the Nationalist Member of Parliament and leader of the House Rural Party, Charles Stuart Parnell, who Jenny admired greatly. While in the Ladies' Land League, Jenny met her husband, John Wise Power, who was at the time editor of the Leinster Leader newspaper and a member of the Irish Republic Brotherhood. John was also one of the founder members of the Gaelic Athletic Association, or GAA. The pair would marry July 5th, 1883, and would at first live in Nace, County Kildare. In 1885, the family moved to Dublin, as John would get a job with the National Freeman's Journal. They would have four children, Catherine, who sadly died in infancy, Moira, Anne, who the nickname Nancy, and Charles, who came six months after the death of Parnell, so he would be named after him in his honour. Charles Stuart Wise Power was his full name. That same year, 1892, Jenny published Words of the Dead Chief. The introduction would be done by Anna Parnell, and the book contained selections of extracts from Parnell's speeches. James Joyce would write the famous Ulysses, the wise powers would be in it, but James would name them Wise Nolans. Charles Stuart Parnell would have a fall from grace and died in pneumonia October 6, 1891. After this, Jenny and her husband were upset from it all and stayed out of politics for a while. Jenny remained somewhat active in the Dublin Women's Suffrage Association. In 1889, the family moved to the city centre. Jenny set up a business at 21 Henry Street, which she called the Irish Farm Produce Company. Here she sold eggs, butter, cream, honey, confectionery, all of which was Irish produce. The business also had a restaurant with tea rooms and lunch rooms. In 
1900, Jenny was elected as one of four vice presidents of Inuit Naharan. 1903, she was Poor Law Guardian of North Dublin, which she held until 1911, when she lost her seat. During her time as Poor Law, Poor Law Guardian, she spoke out against housing and public health conditions. Her restaurant was popular among many nationalists, the Gaelic League and founders of Sinn Féin. Sinn Féin would also have meetings here and included Jenny as a resident member of the executive. Arthur Griffith, an Irish writer, newspaper editor and politician who founded the Sinn Féin party, would call women passive, resistance, boycotting and non-violent agitation. But Sinn Féin as a whole would prove an exception to this idea. 1908, Jenny expanded her business with premises at 21 Lower Camden Street. Again, it would be all Irish produce. By 1912, Wise Power was Vice President of Sinn Féin. On April 5th, 1914, Jenny became a founder member of Common A Man and was active in the central branch. Common A Man would stand for the League of Women. October 31st, 1914, she would be elected the first president of Common A Man. At her home in Henry Street, the signing of the proclamation of the Irish Republic would be done. This house would be destroyed in a fire during the Easter Rising. In this fire, the Ladies' Land League records would also be destroyed as Jenny would hold custody of them. When the Rising ended, Jenny and her daughter Nancy would help to reorganise Common A Man. They also helped to get funds to families hit hard by the Rising. These funds came from Clan Na Gael in the US. After this time, she lost her president role of Common A Man to Countess Markovich who was imprisoned at the time. Jenny would move on to join the Irish Women's Franchise League. From the rising, Sinn Féin military section grew fast to 600 branches recruiting both men and women. Jenny was one of the main people involved actively preparing female recruits. Jenny would not stand in the 1918 election, but she along with other Common Man members did help campaign for Markovich to be Sinn Féin candidate in Dublin. 1919, she became treasurer of Sinn Féin. She was the one of five women members elected to Dublin Corporation in 1920. But she faced difficulty taking her seat when a clerk would refuse her at first to let her sign her name in Irish. A room at her restaurant at Henry Street in 1919 would be used as a headquarters for the Irish volunteers. When Crowlsgrove was arrested in June 1920, Jenny was one of the new Dáil Commissions. Her position was to overcome financial difficulties within the local government. Michael Collins chose Jenny to use her extensive spy networks in Ireland and even abroad. Nearing the end of 1921, Jenny was convinced if she supported the treaty, she'd have to leave Cumann to form a new organisation. Jenny supported Parnell's want to achieve Home Rule and she supported the 1912 Home Rule Bill. With this, it was a natural progression for her to support the Anglo-Irish Treaty, but she was only among a few nationalist women to give such support. Jenny, along with pro-treaty women, created Cumann Assertia, the League of Freedom, and this replaced Cumann Aman in March 1922. December 1922, President of the Executive Council, W.T. Cosgrove, appointed Jenny to the Irish Free State, Shannon Aaron, as Cumann Needhill member. 
Jenny would be one of five women elected to the first Senate in 1922. The other women included Alice Stafford Green, Ellen Cuff, Countess of Desort, and finally Eileen Castello. In the Irish Civil War, property of free state senators would be regularly attacked by those opposing the treaty. December 10th, 1922, Jenny's Camden Street premises would be bombed, causing a lot of damage. Jenny would point a finger at Mary McSweeney for this. Also in 1922, Jenny and Maurice Moore, an Irish author, soldier and politician, would oppose Lord Glenavy as Cancola, mainly because he was a unionist. Jenny served as coming in near he, Ard Cola, but in the Shannon she became more and more upset with the government policy, especially after the fiasco of the Boundary Commission. December 1st, 1925 would be the day of her last meeting of Cohen and Neil. After this, she would sit as an independent senator. Fianna Fáil would enter both the Dáil and Shannon. Jenny found herself voting with his party a lot. In 1934, Sean T. O'Kelly, a close friend to Jenny, would move Nancy, Jenny's daughter, from the Department of Industry and Commerce to the Department of Local Government to act as his private secretary. It's believed that O'Kelly was the one who convinced Jenny to join Fianna Fáil in 1934. She also stood for the party the same year in the Shannon election, where she was re-elected for nine years, serving until the Shannon was abolished in 1936. Jenny would oppose conditions of employment bill, mainly because she felt it was discriminating against women. January 5th, 1941, Jenny Wise Power died aged 82. Her funeral will be attended by many, including those from the Dáil and the former revolutionary movement. This energetic girl from Glass became known for her capability and influence of her generation. She was front and centre during the 40 of the most up and down years in Irish history. Her big public career was even more impressive as she had a busy family life and her own business. She was outspoken, independent, who did not shy away from making tough decisions. Historian Anne Matthews would describe her perfectly as one of the most formidable and underestimated women in the nationalist history. Thank you all for listening. Next time I'll be looking at the Air Florida Flight 90, which crashed into the 14th Street Bridge over the Potomac River, with 74 plus 5 crew members on board. Only 4 passengers and 1 crew survived. Until then, this was the good, the bad and the pure evil.